Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's Jay. And hello there, everybody. Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. I'm Jay Madison sitting alongside of my co-host, the star of the show, Mr. Ron Robbins. How you doing, Ron? I'm doing great, Jay. Uh, How are you? I'm doing fantastic now that you got back from Florida, but where the heck's the sunshine at 70 degrees? Yeah, in fact, uh, I got an email a little while ago from my brother-in-law, and uh, he said we forgot something on our way out of Florida. It's 60 degrees down there today. (laughs) (laughs) A little cooler than they they like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's... Uh, what we're supposed to have some snow in the air here so western new york uh the upper peninsula of michigan i had a foot of snow in michigan really well yeah i heard about that but what are you saying about western new york they're not Uh, they had snow this morning western pennsylvania had a lot of snow coming off lake erie really yeah Uh, i i haven't paid attention the past day or two so i did it accumulate? That's what I understand. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's not good news. Why don't you go back down to Florida, Ron? Yeah, that's the kind yeah. of news you're going to bring. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You know, I knew we were supposed to have some snow in the air, but it didn't sound like there was. No, anything. and actually, we're warmer here as you go south and west is where that cold front has really dipped uh, down out of Canada. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're catching kind of the warmer side of it. Oh, okay. Well, as long as we stay on the warmer side. And, and we're supposed to be in the 60s this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. Sunshine. Yeah. So that'll be good. Uh, another good weekend at the at the farm, Old McDonald's Yeah, farm. we've been really lucky. Uh, last weekend was really good. Um, looking forward to this weekend and maybe having a strong finish to the season. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. I was just reading a story um about uh, salem massachusetts you know i went there yes, uh, yes. for a trip and it was crazy just nuts it was the uh the folks i was talking to the locals there were telling us it was going to be a hundred thousand people in salem on the saturday we were there i absolutely believe it well wow. i just saw a story on it they're actually trying to figure out how to fix that because every day of the week is getting crazy in salem oh, massachusetts man. so they're actually overcrowded. Yeah, because the the normal population of Salem's around 42,000 and they're not designed to oh, handle 100,000 people a day in Salem. Wow. It, you know, it's kind of worrisome. Why is why is you know the witches attracting so many i shouldn't say anything we went there but yeah yeah well hey part of the crowd you know and now nowadays why uh yeah people are looking for something a little different i I guess guess. they are i guess they are but anyways you know too bad we can't get a hundred thousand people a day up here to yeah you know be careful what you wish for some days we sit there and say you know what we don't need any more business. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, it's you want customer experience is really important. That is that is the key. That is the key. And in Salem, it, I can say with absolute certainty that 
because there were so many people there, it detract. And I don't mind crowds. I'm a person that can go to Walt Disney World and be in my glory. There, it was just too many people. The restaurants were three-hour waits to get in. Uh, you know, all of the tours and things were sold out well before we got there. Okay. So it, it really wasn't set up to handle that. And so customer experience is, is critical. Right. Right. Now, There's I've, a balance there. Yeah. I heard, I, I've heard some really good things about your corn maze. Not that we were going to dwell on this, folks, but uh, catching up with Ron because he was down in Florida. But your corn maze, people are getting lost in it. It's so big this year. Literally getting lost in the maze. <laughs> and even my son, That's Jeff. amazing. Even my son, Jeff, brought his class, and he had to call his mother to come and get him. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Oh, wow. That's got to hurt. Jeff, yeah. your son, who grew up there, yeah. had. I'm sure nobody will mention that he's on, being mentioned on our podcast. Right oh, I, uh, I, might, I might let it slip. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I mean, because you look at the pictures, and, and it's, it is the corn maze out at Old McDonald's Farm this year. is what, Wizard of Oz theme? It's a Wizard of Oz theme, yep. And uh, it has the outlines of the characters and the yellow brick road, and it's uh, it's, it's big. big. It's really big. Yeah. Well, good, good. So get out to Old McDonald's Farm and experience the corn maze where Jeff Robbins was lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should put a sign at the entrance. You should. <laughs> Jeff Robbins is out there somewhere. Yeah. If you find him, send him back. <laughs> oh, man. He's going to regret that. Yeah, he's not going to be happy. Well, hey, so you took, uh, turning a little bit more serious here, you, tur- you took a trip down to Florida. You had some yeah. things you had to take care of down there uh you had an opportunity to get out and about and we did a special report on the impacts of hurricane ian on agriculture in florida jeez uh, uh, uh two weeks ago two weeks ago yeah what did you see what what is you know here we are a couple weeks later what did you see with the little bit of traveling you were able to do yeah so you know we uh, of course our house is in okeechobee uh, which is south central florida uh we didn't have a lot of damage there so but as you traveled west uh route 70 of course goes straight across south central florida right and as you travel west about 20 miles west of the town started seeing a lot of damage hmm. and you started seeing a lot of flooding really and and this was so you were there this past weekend that's correct and that's two weeks after the hurricane yeah almost three weeks and there was still flooding <clears throat> yeah uh all that rain that came brought up all the rivers and uh unfortunately they're out of their banks and slow to come down yeah, because Florida is so uh, so flat, people don't realize, you know, when you're dealing with flooding, geology, topography, and all of that, the flatter the area is that's flooded, the longer, the slower it is to drain. And um, so with Florida being so flat, when you get flooding, it takes longer than it might up here for the floodwaters to recede. And so you're Correct. three weeks later... You're seeing massive flooding. Still. Yeah, you're still seeing the Kissimmee River, for instance, about two miles out of its banks. Wow. And uh, water to the top of the barbed wire fences. So we had Alex Johns on our podcast right, right. Uh, yep, yep. two weeks ago. And Alex is a uh, former president of the Florida Cattlemen's Association and currently director of ag operations for the Seminole Indian tribe. And 
So we had dinner with Alex and and some other folks, uh, local uh, ranchers, uh, Saturday night. Got kind of a firsthand view of from their perspective of what's going on down there. They're still running the relief effort out of the uh, Arcadia stockyards. Um, really have put a massive amount of resources uh, into this relief effort for the ranchers. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I remember correctly, let's see, it would, be, would have been the last episode or the episode before. You can go to that episode, and there's information on there about a website you can go to make donations. If you, if any of our listeners would like to contribute to that relief effort to help farmers recover from the hurricane, you can just go there. And I do, I apologize, I don't. Yeah, it's remember. actually FloridaCattlemen's.org. Oh yeah, okay, yep, perfect. And uh, you know they're still rescuing cattle that have been stranded. Some some cattle made it to high ground, but they've been cut off mm-hmm. from where they're supposed to be by you know rushing water so still trying to get feed out to those animals one of the things that alex told us the other night was that that storm surge came in some of those rivers and tributaries about 50 miles really so you've got a significant amount of salt water that's contaminated the system yes and never thought about that so where the water has receded a significant amount of dead vegetation yeah because the salt will kill everything yeah and it'll be and you'll have high, you know, saline levels for several years in some of those areas where it was really saturated. Well, the other thing is if there were livestock trapped out in the fields in those areas that were contaminated with salt water, uh, they can't drink that water right. the same way we right. can't drink that water. Right. So that I'm sure that had an impact. Yeah, on, a negative health impact. I so, didn't even think about that because, you know, I've been hearing about the you know, what was it, 15, 16-foot storm surge like Fort Myers Beach Mm -hmm. received. And uh, I didn't even think about it traveling up those rivers. And even though it might not have been a 15-foot storm surge wall of water, it's still inundated that that river plain with salt water, which is not good. Yeah, so they're saying, you know, some of the the vegetable ground, the tomato ground, some of the pasture land, you know, it'll be several years before they'll be able to grow anything there again. Because of the salinity of the soil. Boy, that's that's very troubling, especially, you know, when you look at what we're going into with the recession, inflation, and the economic impacts that are going to happen over the next year or two, uh, to food prices and availability, uh, when you put this on top of that, that's, that's very correct. concerning. Yeah, and about 40, so Alex was saying about 40%, they're looking at about a 40% reduction in the orange crop, yeah, minimum 40% we did, we did reduction using next month. So a lot of these cows, you know, were heavy with calf, may lose their calf. Uh, they're going to be out of condition they're not going to breed back very easily. So they're, you know, looking at a real poor uh, conception rate for this next year's calf crop. True. That's, um, that's very concerning. And, you know, and you couple that with the, uh, what happened in the spring up in North Dakota to the calf crop up there. Uh, we had uh, a guest on talking about that back, you know, one of our early shows. Yeah, Travis Maddox. Travis Maddox. And uh, so, you know, what everybody's afraid of is that beef prices ultimately will you know come home to roost here basically with you know shortage of animals going into the feedlots i think i better go out and 
fill the you rest be, of my you better you better get you better buy another freezer if you can find one yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's that whole issue too but you know it's amazing though to me jay how resilient uh rural america is and and it's really amazing overall in florida you know how resilient the people have been down there period right uh, but you know, when when something like this strikes a rural area, people really band together. Yeah, we saw that up here. You know, our disasters have not been to the de- the degree of a hurricane Ian, but for example, you look like, you look at the '98 ice storm and the devastation that had on the North Country. You know, people banded together. There were people without power for a month, mm-hmm. and during the winter time. And people worked together. You know, generators were shared between dairy farms. Resources were shared between communities. Um, people do in rural areas, they do band together and work together to help each other survive. They sure do. And it's really, uh, you know, it's it's what makes uh, rural America so great. Yep. And uh, it's really makes makes me proud to to be part of of that community of of hardworking individuals that yeah. uh, you know know what it takes to help your neighbor and to get things accomplished when the going gets tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is it is very sad to hear what has uh, what has happened in Florida. The good side is the way people are working together. The Florida Cattlemen's Association. Again, if you want to help out, FloridaCattlemen's.org, I yes. believe was the website. And there's a way you can donate through that to contribute to the farm relief fund that they have set up. So keep that in mind, folks. It's not over, even though the storm is gone. Right. The impacts are still being felt and help is still needed down there in Florida. Yeah, they said, you know, they, you know even though, uh, you know, the crisis may be somewhat past of the immediate, immediate impacts of the storm, you know, for instance, at the stockyard, there's still a steady stream of people coming in every day for fencing supplies, for feed, for diesel fuel, things just to cases of water, whatever it's going to take, you know, to get them back on their feet. I'll, I'll tell you one thing I've been following is the work that uh, Governor DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, has been doing down there with the recovery effort in Florida the you know getting getting the resources put in place i mean they've rebuilt that my cousin that lived on right. matt lachey island their their bridge was wiped out uh going over to the island and they've here in three weeks they've already put in a temporary uh roadway back to the island that's amazing yes i mean that is amazing yeah, they've got you know sanibel Matt Lachey, all those islands, they're now accessible. They've put the power trucks out there. and Yeah, I'm just amazed. Amazed. Yeah. No, they, uh, they've done a great job down there. I mean, it's uh, and there's debris everywhere as you go west, uh, you know, trees uprooted. Um. So let's, let's shift uh, gears here a little bit. Uh, we wanted to talk about um, uh, diesel fuel. And what we're seeing with uh, the availability of diesel fuel. And, you know, I was just watching reports yesterday. Uh, uh, President Biden is uh, apparently going to release more um, more uh, oil. Yeah, he from announced the, today 15 million 
additional barrels out of the strategic oil reserve. He's going to empty that thing right out. Ah, uh, there can't be, uh, and you know the interesting thing, we can kind of put politics aside here for a minute. Right, but, right. You know, under the Trump administration, he did use it one time right. on 2019, and they asked to replenish it at the time when oil was $24 a barrel, and the Senate uh, voted that down. Really? I don't remember that. Yes. Oh, geez. So now, of course, we are draining the strategic oil reserve. Uh, it's down to levels uh, not seen in in 75 years. And to even think about replacing it is three times, four right. times that. Three or four times the price. Yeah. But... Back to diesel fuel. Sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. We'll get we'll, <laughs> we'll get in trouble if yeah. we go any farther, Ron. <laughs> yeah, Glad you said that, Ron. We're, we're out walking on the edge yes. here right now. Yes. I, all I can see is air underneath me. Oh yeah, and I can feel I can feel <laughs> the daggers. Um, diesel fuel coming into winter. Diesel fuel and home eating oil is at fifty year low levels. Supplies. Supplies. Fifty year low. Yeah, and. Diesel prices have just absolutely shot up as much as 70 cents a gallon just this week. 70 cents a gallon this week. Yeah, alone. I just coming in Arsenal Street, it was uh, $5.68 or something like that. I mean, you could actually buy diesel fuel last week under $5 a gallon. What's going to happen to f- food prices with diesel fuel being that high? Well, and now they're even talking about not only being expensive, but not being able to get it, and winter blends of kerosene and diesel, which we have to have here, 50-50 blend, uh, because of low sulfur diesel actually gels quicker than, so you have to put more kerosene in it. Kerosene is almost non-existent. So we are headed into a real quandary here, headed into winter. How we got to this point, I'm sure people could argue that refineries haven't been doing enough and this reason and that reason i don't know that i really care other than the fact of why get it but fixed get it fixed there's going to be a whole lot of people hurting and not just the poor not just the low middle class it with something like this the ripple effect is going to be huge going into next year and bloomberg uh just had an article just yesterday and basically just flat out saying something I've been saying for a long time. This country runs on diesel. It does. There's no denying that. And whether it's construction, whether it's farming, whether it's trucking, whether it's the rail. Trains. Yeah. It doesn't matter. If we don't have diesel, this economy shuts down. Yeah. Period. Food supply, heating, travel, everything. Yes. And, you know... We still have politicians wanting to blame this on the war in Ukraine and other things, and I, I say that's that's bogus. Um, this was set in motion really by, you know, energy policies moving towards green energy policies too quickly, shutting down uh, the opportunity to. Well, you know, we've we've always said that here on the show that okay, you want to you know you want to enact a, a more green policy. That's fine. But do it in a smart, common sense manner, not just, bam, we're going to make it happen. 
Yeah, and this it's really contributing to this inflation problem. It is. Immensely. It I is. mean, because you the transportation of goods and services is so critical and it's gotten so expensive. The big thing is is the you know, our elected officials need to stop arguing over who's right, who's wrong and just recognize that we have a big problem on our hands bigger than we're willing to admit and that we need to fix it and we can't wait for the advent of electric powered tractor trailers in 20 years we need we need diesel for tractor trailers and trains to be ready to get on the road in another month and we need diesel to in kerosene and, and we need all of it i mean people are going to be cold if they don't have fuel oil to put in their furnace that's winter. for sure and you know it was interesting jay i had uh, we were demoing a, a piece of equipment from a company from germany Mm-hmm. last week and early last week and the company rep from germany was here with the piece of equipment spent the day with us and uh that morning when we got introduced um it was kind of a chilly morning and uh and he was complaining it was a little cool he'd been down in alabama or arkansas <laughs> and uh working on fertilizer spreaders down there for the same company and i said to him well it's nowhere near as cold as it's going to be when you get back to Germany this winter. And he said, I'm thinking about trying to figure out how I can stay here because we are going to freeze in Germany. Yeah, Great Britain too. Yeah. I mean, they're they're going to be running out of out of fuel to heat their homes with. You know, it, and and he he did say in a serious note that it's very serious over there. Mhm. Mhm. I you know, so we we throw all that in. Of course, we have uh, the Mississippi River uh, at the lowest, drying up, at basically drying up. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Yeah, it's and crazy. so shipping's been impacted. Uh, you know they can't get ships into the Gulf at in Louisiana. Uh, they can't get barges down the river, and of course, you know if they can't move grain now, uh, that river what's left of it will freeze over here within i think they usually close it around christmas time yeah the upper the upper, the upper stretches mis- yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh so that's causing another whole set of problems for we're not being the bearers of good news here ron no you know and it, it's really unfortunate that you know and, and there's no doubt we've had weather challenges significant weather volatility here over the last couple of years and of course you and I have, are obsessed with weather and <laughs> uh, we we tend to look at why you know what are the reasons some of that's happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to experience weather volatility for a number of years based on uh, solar cycles and other things that that's happening and that's that's a natural phenomenon. It's been happening for thousands and thousands of years. And we're headed into one of those very volatile, we're in the middle of one of those very volatile weather periods. And unfortunately, we've not really prepared ourselves very well to face adversity. Right. right. The, other, the other thing that I'll add to that, Ron, is, you know, whether you, whether you are... Um, a strong believer in the science that says climate change is huge and that it's totally man related 
or whether you believe that there's that yes, climate change is always occurring and that yes, it is, you know, humans contribute to it, but we're not the, you know, the only thing impacting climate change. And with us put on top of that, the, the, the solar cycles and so, so on that uh, some people would say science and some science says has an impact on our climate cycles as well. All of that said, even if we implement all of these green policies right away, they're not going to change the climate cycle that we're going through that drastically that quickly. We are going to go through the challenges, the volatility for years to come until things straighten out. And you can't just turn the switch on our fuel supply and think that you're going to solve a problem and it's going to get better right away because it's not. These issues have to be addressed in a common sense, smart approach over a period of time so that you're not adversely impacting the people that have to deal with the impacts of these changes that, you know, governments are putting on their people. It's got to be common sense. It's got to be smart and it's got to be applied over time versus just throwing a switch. Because even when you throw the switch, you're not going to change the problem that drastically. No, it this will take could take decades, even if you implemented, you know, as much as you possibly could. It's uh, it's I you know it's a real it's a real interesting scary time for sure. Yeah, that we're entering into here, and let's just hope that you know we can continue to have some common sense approaches mm-hmm. implemented here. Um, but, you know, to come into winter with diesel fuel prices, fuel oil, uh, diesel, fuel oil, kerosene at historic low levels, I mean, boy, that's playing Russian roulette. It is playing Russian roulette. And there's going to be a whole lot of people yeah. that hurt because of it. Yeah. And- I, I, you know, I people on fixed incomes and others, I mean, they're – they're going to really be impacted here. Yeah. Uh, I was just, uh, before you came in, I was reading about a uh, Rotary Club out in Rocky Mount. It's the Rocky Mount Rotary Club, I think, in Colorado. I'm not sure where. Um, and they have what they call their Moo Crew. Their Moo Crew raises money to buy milk and other food products that they give away to the food pantries to help mm-hmm. supply their local food pantries. Well, we're going to be doing more of that next yes. year. Yes. Yep. Um there's there's going to be a greater need for uh, food for folks that can not afford to buy it anymore. Um, that's going to be a, a, a growing problem. Yes. And so we better be prepared for it and thinking about how we're going to help. Speaking but, of which, um, we are doing our annual fundraiser for the Sackets Harbor Backpack Program. On, oh, uh, tell us about that. On uh, November 5th. Uh, oh jeepers that's coming up yeah um, i haven't gotten anything on that we have uh it's been advertised on facebook facebook and uh not sure my son brian's in charge of that we've over the past uh four or five years we've raised over fifty thousand dollars Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, the contributions all come in from agribusiness. Uh, we do a dinner at the Gathering Barn, 
and all the proceeds do raffles and silent auctions, and uh, it all goes to the Sackets Arbor Backpack Program. I know you folks have done a fantastic job with that, and helping out uh, these backpack programs is so critical. I can I can testify to that in that my wife, uh, when she worked at South Jeff, she's at General Brown now, but when she worked at South Jeff School District, she would tell me about the, the students that received the backpacks and uh, how much it benefited mm-hmm. those students and the concern that you know, on the weekends they don't have as much yes. because they don't get that. And in some cases, that's the food they that's might have the to eat for the weekend. Eat. Yes. And when they're in school, that's the food they, they have yep. to survive on. And on the weekend, they need this backpack food, food to... Uh, you know, make sure they're able to eat. Yeah. It, those backpack programs are, are very important. And, and it's unfortunate that we have to say that. But if you can, uh, folks, if you can support a local backpack program in your school district or somebody else's school district, if you have that opportunity, definitely do it. One way you can help out, for example, Sackett's Harbor yep. School District is by the backpack, uh, the fundraiser you do. And when yep. is that again? Ron? It's November 5th. I, I couldn't find it out okay, here. So. But, uh it's uh, Saturday, I believe it's Saturday night or Friday night, November 5th, whatever. My okay. calendar's kind of messed up in my head here. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's always a fun time, and, and uh, it's always a great event. Well, definitely. And you think that's on your uh, Facebook page, Old yes, McDonald's Farm yes, Facebook page? Yes, okay. and on the Sackets Harbor Central School uh, website, page, website okay. as or well. Facebook page. Okay, yeah. so that's how you'd find it, folks. Yeah. And yeah. we'll try to get more information in the next podcast about that. Yeah. Well, Ron, I think we have, uh, if if I get rid of the Facebook page here so I can see my, uh, my uh, control screen, yes, we have gone past our time. Yeah. Well, hey, it goes fast when you're having fun and talking about important issues. Important issues, yes, and, and very important issues. So, um, you know, uh, it's it's good to share information and get people thinking, if nothing else. So, yep. well, Ron, thank you very much, You're sir, welcome, for uh, coming in and uh, sharing the information on Florida and having this great conversation, folks. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we hope that uh, you'll come back and listen to future podcasts. And other than that, just have a great day. Buy local whenever you can and uh, just stay out of trouble. Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.